Ridge Runner Nation, welcome back to the 50th episode of Ridge Runners Live. On this episode, we sit down with the final two participants from Ohio's Backyard Ultra. Harvey Lewis took home the win and Jennifer Russo was the assist. They ran 229 miles and 225 miles respectively. This show is absolutely awesome. We dive into their training going into the race. We do a deep dive on the race. and We talk just all things OBU. Sit back, relax, or go on a run. Whatever you want to do, Regeneration, you're going to enjoy this one. Let's dive right into it. What's crackalackin' Ridge Hunter Nation? Welcome back to our 50th episode of Ridge Hunters Live. Tonight, we are joined by two of the most incredible athletes, not only in Cincinnati, not only in Ohio, not only in the United States, but in the entire world. These two were the final two participants at this year's Ohio's Back at Ultra a few weeks ago. The champion ended up running 229.16 miles in 55 hours. Ladies and gentlemen, Harvey Lewis, how are you doing? Thank you. I love your introduction music. (laughs) And uh, Jeff, I know we're both very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us tonight. We're super excited to have both of you. Obviously, in the backyard ultra format, you cannot go far without someone by your side. The assist at this year's Ohio's backyard ultra ended up running 225 miles in 54 hours. Ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer Russo, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. That was quite the intro. Way really, to sell it. <laughs> I really try to, you know, do it, do it up. It was actually for episode number 50. This is a special episode a for one. us. So uh, we're super excited to talk all things Ohio's back at Ultra with both of you. For those of you that don't know, my name is Wesley Hart and holding down the fort with me tonight is the man who's been recently upping his training in his quest to his first 100 mile finish this summer. JD3, John Dolovaki III. How are you doing? Always with the intros with you. You just, I think Wesley like missed a sh- couple shows for like the last month, and now he's like dumping the entire like buildup that he's got for it going. So I'm doing really well this evening. Um, I'm happy to be on the show tonight and talking with these two amazing runners. Um, and to kick things off, as we always do, uh, our beverage of choice for the evening. Um, I'm drinking a terrapin this evening from the other Athens, uh, Athens, Georgia. Um, not the Athens that I'm from, but it's pretty delicious. It's a IPA. So what are you, uh, and what else, what Jennifer, what are you drinking over there? Anything exciting? No, not really. It's been a long day. So I've got my water with a little none in, none in it, nice. <laughs> nice. little extra vitamins and stuff, you know, but you know, maybe, maybe a crack open a blue moon later. Nice. Harvey, what about you? Last time you were here, you had a very exciting orange juice. Oh yeah. My orange juice. I love orange juice, but I actually got kabuka tonight. <laughs> However, Kelly did open up uh, Six Sense. It's a nice brewery that's down in Jackson, Ohio. And uh, so it's in a refrigerator just within arm's reach, like large, uh, large ones. So uh, I may actually have to like, you know, try some of that tonight too. Well, see, it could well, be a wild night. Could yeah. Be. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> We'll see, what I've got you? my second to last uh, Jackie O's Mystic Mama here. Uh, I decided to crack open the second to last one I have out here uh, for the special occasion. So thought that we couldn't be a better uh, night, especially with Ohio's back at Ultra and, you know, talking about the race. Uh, it's going to be an awesome episode. As always, you know, if you have any questions for our guests, drop them in the comments below and we can gra- grab those and I'll uh, we'll be sure to ask them. As always, you can find the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts 
and Spotify. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're on Strava, join our Strava club as well. Uh, the name is Ridge Runners on all platforms. Before we dive too deep into Ohio's Backyard Ultra, I want to talk about what the preparations were like leading into the race. Obviously, this format is so unique. You both have experience at this format and both have done epic things at this format. But what was your preparation? What was the training like going into this year's Ohio's Backyard Ultra? And Harvey, let's start with you. Yeah, well, uh, I, I had an opportunity to go out and see the course in February, which was kind of nice. Uh, Michael Owen, he opened up the course uh, for people to come out and preview it. And uh, just a month earlier than our race, we had snow on the ground. But it was nice to see the uh, how the course was set up. And for me, that was my first time doing a course outside of Biggs for the Backyard Ultra, as well as doing a course that had two loops instead of a single loop. So... Uh, one of the things I noticed was uh, a, a really steep hill that is part of like the loop. And so I incorporated uh, as much climbing and running as I could, like in Cincinnati, which actually, you know, so Southwest Ohio has quite a lot of hills. And Cincinnati does uh, as a city. And, uh, you know, that, that helped. And uh, even like hiking, as well as running uh, hills, it really helped a lot. So that as well as balancing, like doing about an even amount of running on trails as running on roads was was really helpful. But uh, yeah, I have really shot for like this uh, Ohio backyard to do, uh, you know, to go after as an A race. So I, I trained pretty like uh, focused um, and gave myself, you know, a couple weeks taper and uh, that doesn't always happen in races. Like uh, I have another race this next week, uh, the buck 50. So I haven't had a lot of time to build up, you know, a pyramid and have like a taper time. And now I'm going to do the, um, you know, another race is strolling gym uh, 40 miler. So again, it's like not quite as long of a set, but uh, yeah, it was uh, nice to prepare for that race because of all the nice, you know, trail running as well as, balancing with the road. Well, I think it's hard to argue that you were definitely fit coming into this race. And uh, <laughs> we kind of showed that out there. Jennifer, what was your training like leading into this year's Ohio's back at Ultra? So the first one I did, I really kind of focused on doing those backyard style loops, which takes so much time, right? If you're going to stop every hour and like, you know, try and mimic that situation. So this time I didn't do quite as much of that because I felt like I kind of knew a little bit more what to expect there. But um, like Harvey said, with the hills, I, I, that first one, I hadn't been doing as many hills as I normally would. And I paid for it a little bit, I guess. So this time, uh, some more hills, but the weather was so crazy. So, you know, and I don't have, you know, a ton of time to train. So I tried to get a little creative this winter and got my old tire out and started towing the tire a little bit and doing some hill repeats. Um, I wanted to throw in a hundred there. Cause I think that's just such a great way to get, you know, to really, get a big boost in your training, but it just really wasn't going to be possible. So I did a little mental training. I did a hundred miles backyard format on my treadmill because the weather here was so bad with all of the snow. And I was like, if I try to go out on the trails, it's going to take me forever to do like a hundred miles there. Right. Cause you're prancing through the snow and I didn't want to do it all road. So I thought good mental preparation, right? Treadmill, hate the treadmill. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, so when was this like a timeline before the race? Uh, the treadmill? Yes. Thing. Uh, I want to say it was probably about a month before, I guess. And uh, so I just said, okay, I'm going to start at nine in the morning. I think I got the kids off to school and just went down there for 24 hours on the treadmill. So yeah, it did the backyard style format. So it was the, yeah, it, I didn't think it'd be that bad. It was, it was not fun, but I'm glad I did it. You know, I think, you know, if nothing else, it just toughened you up a little bit mentally. So this is super unique. So Jennifer, you just talked about how you did a hundred miles before the back at ultra and Harvey didn't mention that he won the long haul 100 miler <laughs> earlier this year as well. I was second. Oh, excuse yeah, me. I, I did a personal record for the hundred mile trail in it my lifetime but uh another fellow from vermont or new hampshire uh he did he got me about, about 20 minutes oh yeah. my ap apologies there yeah. but what was that mindset like do you think it's necessary to kind of go into a back at ultra having that experience in the 100 miler maybe a one or two month beforehand just kind of freshen uh, all the things up and kind of go into the back at ultra with that confidence that you may gain from a 100 mile distance well, I certainly don't think it hurts. Like that, that's helpful. Like, uh, and I oftentimes use races to build upon for other races. So I think that that could be very helpful, but, um, you definitely don't have to do that. You know, like that mm -hmm. for sure, you don't have to do that. And, uh, but for, you know, that could help people to, um, build their confidence and things like that. But with the race and long, uh, long haul, you know, like that was, I was doing a hundred miles and I averaged like a, a 846 pace or something like that. So it's like the speed element in, in that race is, it's a different pace than the backyard ultra. So like backyard ultra, like when I'm running, getting ready for that is just, I don't really, except for my personal fitness, thinking about it across the whole year, I don't really think about my pace too much. Like, I don't care what pace I'm going. If I'm going like 12 minutes, Okay, I'm going nine minutes. Okay, um, but if I'm getting ready for like bad water, then I want to start thinking more methodically about a certain speed, or especially the 24-hour race, like the World Championship race. But I think it could help you to do, uh, you know, some building block. But that building block might be like a 50k race, or it might um, be something personal, like Jennifer did, which was really nice. You know, something like that, just to have some something you've done to build mm -hmm. up to it. But, um, sometimes people, they, they might overtrain by, mm -hmm. you know, situating a race too close to another race. Yeah, There's for sure. Definitely that fine balance there. Jennifer, what are your thoughts on that and that kind of training philosophy? Yeah. It, it, everybody's so different. You know what I mean? And it all depends too, like how hard you take your hundred mile race. Personally, I think it's, you know, it's a great, just kind of reminder that, okay, you, you know, I can't do this. I am in shape to do this. It's, you know, um, and I think too, when you're running a race versus just training, you tend to push a little harder. And I think, I think I get a lot of benefit from that. Just, you know, as far as, um, what kind of shape I'm in and endurance and all of those, those good things. So, but it's certainly not necessary. And it, and it is so easy to try and pack too many in and end up, you know, showing up just worn out, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, are injured. So, you know, I think it's just a very personal thing, but I personally do like to, to have that, you know, when possible, it's just not always possible. <laughs> and so looking at that balance, I mean, you guys both talked about balance already and stuff like that. We have a uh, question in the chat from Ryan Weiser, who says, as, as a teacher myself, how does Harvey balance training family and schoolwork? 
Um, I think both of you are qualified to answer this question in terms of being overly like very, very busy and very active with many different facets in your life. So um, Harvey, if you want to go first and kind of talk about that balance and how do you fit that all in? Yeah, I say it was more challenging when my son was younger. Uh, you know, my my son is twenty four now, turning twenty five in two weeks. Uh, so, you know, like uh, that that makes it a little bit easier for me. Um, but uh, you know, it definitely I I I include um, a lot of shorter runs too. So, like I, I had mentioned that I shared like a post today, like with the four series of like um, things that impacted me with the Ohio backyard. On my social media and uh you know like i sometimes only have like 20 minutes or something like that i'll just go out and run two miles and i take advantage of that and i uh, i don't always have like a, a two-hour block of time to go do something but i think getting out there and doing like 20 minutes in the morning or 20 minutes in the afternoon like that stuff adds up so whatever you you have as resources, take advantage of it. And if you can be creative, for me, I've had the opportunity because I live uh, in an urban area near where I work. It's like a three mile run. So I actually you know run back and forth to e every day. And I have like that commute for like eight years. And like a lot of people spend time in traffic, but I'm running to work and I, I very much enjoy it. So it's, uh, you know, that was a creative way I could do that, but it's not always everyone. Uh, longer runs on the weekend or getting up early, you know, that, that helps. Uh, but uh, not putting too much pressure on yourself, um, you know, being uh, prioritizing uh, what's important to you based on like, your goals and uh, managing all your responsibilities. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just that consistency. I, I really like the streaking too. I've been um, keeping a run streak for now over a year and I had one that almost went five years. Uh, and I really like that. Even if it's just a mile run or two mile run, uh, that, that really can uh, elevate your overall fitness as long as you are taking easy days and not going the same, you know, effort every single day or hard days over and over again. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. as the balance is right for you, like your life, you know? Jennifer, what about you? Yeah, that's also true. So I've got three kids and I've got two small businesses. So, you know, life's, <laughs> life's pretty hectic, but I'm lucky in the vet, in the fact that my work is flexible. So that helps tremendously, but it is all about just trying to kind of squeeze it in where you can. And part of the, what I would do for the backyard is not every week, but on Fridays, often I get up at like three or four in the morning and just go straight out on my little country road and, you know, try and get some couple hours in before getting the kids off to school and, you know, just trying to get creative with it. And because I don't have a ton of time, you know, I try to make them count, you know, like I was saying, like pulling a tire for five miles versus a 10 mile run, you know, like little things that you can do where you're, making the most of every training session, I guess. And then my family's just been super great about being supportive. And when I can, I love to get out to Shawnee State Park. And, you know, you're familiar with those trails. It's gorgeous out there, you know, and just try to get like pack a bunch of miles into one day, you know, kind of thing. So it just, you know, it just really depends. And, you know, just fitting it in here and there. And there are days where, you know, you've got a long run schedule, but it's just not going to happen. There's no time. So you do what you can. And then maybe you take care of the kids, shuffle things around and then go back out later and try and finish up or not, you know, you just can't beat yourself up 
because you can't always get the miles in. But I think once you have, and Harvey obviously knows this, he's been running forever. Once you have that base fitness, you know, you maybe don't need to put quite as many miles in. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you guys have kind of realized and kind of figured out the system that like life can kind of almost be described as the back at all for you. Sometimes you're running <laughs> full speed and sometimes you try to squeak in a four minute nap when you can and kind of just mm-hmm. continue to go at it in circles uh, all day, every single day. That is but, so true because yes, just the busy lifestyle is training in itself. <laughs> I want to dive into the race now and just kind of arriving at the McChesney Ridge Athletic Club. You saw some guy on our channel throw up a prediction video that snubbed you both completely. <laughs> You know, he would have been more correct if he flipped his top five uh, inversely, because then I've actually been pretty correct that day. But uh, what was just the atmosphere like, you know, showing up at the property, seeing everyone, all the tents are getting set up on Friday afternoon. Uh, What was that like? Jennifer, you can start this one. It was really fun. So last year or in November, I was back pretty far away from the start line. So this year I thought, okay, I want to get there early and see if I can get a good spot. And it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, Michael was very serious this year about nobody is setting up till two, which I totally get. That's fair. But everybody's just kind of standing around kind of joking about vying for their spot, you know, like everybody's trying to get a good spot, but it was, it was funny. I got to meet some really nice people. I got to meet Gabe Rainwater, which was neat. I hadn't met him before and, uh, in his crew and a lot of other people, but it was really, it was really pretty laid back and everybody was just kind of hanging around chit chatting. And then, you know, right around two o'clock, all the madness broke out as everybody's <laughs> buying for a spot, but everybody was very good. Um, very, uh, accommodating. Nobody was, you know, being rude about it, but it was kind of fun. And then, yeah, it was exciting, you know, getting all set up for the big day the next day and seeing some old friends and, you know, seeing Tanner and Alicia and Jessica and met some new people. And yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was exciting. Harvey, what was that excitement level for you arriving at the property? But honestly, uh, I, I definitely have to like thank my my crew, and specifically Max. Like uh, he was my crew chief, so I was getting like relayed the information while I was still working at school, <laughs> and I knew that was gonna happen with that two o'clock uh, <laughs> moment. I, I said, Max, you gotta get there and and be ready to sprint. And he said, Well, Harvey, I hate to tell you, but I kind of looked the other way, <laughs> and. Uh, Michael went up to the cabin. It was about 157, and everyone started sprinting towards the place. <laughs> but we still got an okay spot, all in all. Um, but yeah, I, so now we're going to, in the future, there's going to be two races that happen at the Ohio backyard. It's going to be a, the two o'clock sprint. Uh, <laughs> we'll have crew, and then we'll commence the race at 7 30 on Saturday. So that, <laughs> that, that is known. <laughs> It, 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 and I'm wondering how much more that's going to, because I told Michael about how Laz has a system with how he organizes it, but we will see. But you know, when I got there, I got there uh, Friday night about 6.30, and it was really neat to see all the tents set up. I walked up to the lake and just looked down, and it was nice to just see, like, this, you know, little village that had, like, uh, was created in this um, little uh, uh charming valley like with hills with trees and all over and uh just a lot of enthusiasm about everyone that was participating so uh, i think that people did a really good job of respecting covid like um with mm-hmm. mass or social distancing um 
washing your hands frequently or using, uh, you know, it was, it, it, people were very conscious of it. And uh, I think that, it, you know, it just was really, uh, it was really meaningful to just get everyone back together and, and to see mm -hmm. that we race and race safely. Uh, and, you know, just felt amazing to, to have that camaraderie with people and, you know, the, the, the race and push, push. Um, but the uh, camaraderie was really special. So that was nice. Yeah. Quick shout out to Max Gavazzi for being your crew chief and getting everything set up there. That was uh, awesome to see. Uh, also, if you've never been in the McChesney Ridge Athletic Club, I mean, that place is just beautiful. I mean, everyone that's kind of run Ohio's back at Ultra, you just kind of realize when you see that property, you just know something special is about to go down. I think that's really why the race has been so successful in terms of how far runners have gone. I think it's just one of those special environments that just allows runners to go extremely far. And I think that just makes it a super unique event. Um, kind of going off that, let's dive into the race now. I want to learn. I want to learn all about this. This will kind of be interesting because let's just dive back, bounce back and forth between you two. And I, obviously, you won't remember every single detail, every single yard. We won't ask you that. But let's just start with the first day loop. So the first daytime loop. So the first twelve hours or so. What are some of your highlights throughout the day? What are some of your struggles? What are the transitions like? And just kind of some of the nuances involving that. Uh, Harvey, if you want to give start with that one first. It was just really neat to see. We had 108 people racing. So I, I tried to get an opportunity to just say hi to whoever was next to me. And, you know, that was really fun. I ran into uh, one of my students. Uh, she's a rower in Cincinnati, and her coach was running in the race. And she had told me how she was following him, so that was neat to hear. And I actually ran into uh, people that I had never met before, uh, another guy who graduated um, or went to Bowling Green State University in the same class uh, with me. And there's another guy who was in my class, Jason, who ran the race. Um, so love that pause. Uh, Endeavor into the backyard format. He was an Ironman, came from Kansas City. So it was just interesting. Uh, oops, I'm not sure if you guys can hear me as well. Um, but it's just really interesting in that day, the first 12 hours, like uh, connecting with people and uh, seeing, uh, you know, uh, so, some people, you know, that, that they're going for like their personal record of, of hitting like a marathon. Like I, I ran into someone who was doing that and someone who was going to hit 50 miles for the first time or 100K. And so like that, that was really special. Cause that's like, Oh man, that still needs to be involved with you doing that right now. And so that's what really caught me up was just seeing these people, you know, they were pushing to new, new peaks. And, uh, that, that was super motivating. Yeah. Jennifer, what about you? So having just done it in November, there were a lot of the same faces there, which was kind of fun. I'd met some really great people the first time I was there. So it was so cool to kind of see them again and just kind of catch up. And, and one thing, you know, it's only my second time doing that format and I, I'm still, it's still so kind of foreign, right? Because when you start off those laps, you know, nobody's in a hurry, right? You know, you've got all day. <laughs> in fact, you know, I think it can be a detriment, you know, if you start out too fast. So I had a lot of fun kind of catching up with some people I had met in the past and meeting new people. And I also found it very interesting. Like I, I like to kind of watch other people's strategies, like, you know, cause I'm, I'm new at this. And I know, I think Harvey, you were taking your laps kind of slow during the day. 
and some of the other, you know, like Gabe and Jacob, I think, I think they were running like the first lap and then walking the second, you know, it was just, it was just really interesting. I found to just kind of observe, you know, how different people deal with this and, you know, what works for them and all that kind of good stuff. So, but it was absolutely, the weather this year was absolutely gorgeous. So it was a lot of, it was a great first day. It went so fast, but so the first 12 hours is definitely just the party. That's, that's the only way to kind of back it off. You know, it's like, Hey, sure. yeah, how you doing? You know, you get to meet people you haven't met before, you know, you get to interact and chit chat with right. friends you've known for so long. And it's just a great environment, but you know, when the night yeah. nightfall comes party kind of ends, it's, it's not as, it's not as fun anymore. <laughs> what were those night loops? Like, you know, that first night going back out on the road uh, for the first time, Jennifer, if you want to start with this one. Sure. It's just, it's funny. There's a guy named Sean Humphrey who I met last year and he's a local, I think he lives in Dayton and he's in one of these um, online Facebook groups that has a lot of society Dayton runners in it. But anyway, I met him for the first time last year at the backyard and ran a lot of the night loops with him. And just funny that happened to do the same thing with him again this year. So he's kind of like my first night running buddy, I guess. <laughs> so we had, you know, we had a good time. He's, he's got a lot of, he's a policeman. He's got a lot of good stories. Um, so that was entertaining. And then there was the cat, Harvey, right? The cat that came yeah. out. I don't know. There was this adorable was little cat. I guess it was at the first night or second night. Maybe like both the first night. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed him. He was there the first night for sure. Um, yeah. But he was about maybe, I don't know, a mile into the loop down the hill. There was this adorable little cat that would just come out very well fed. Like it wasn't a stray. They would come out and greet us. That was kind of entertaining, but yeah, I didn't think the first night was bad. You know, there, there were still so many people out there and, you know, just seeing all the headlights and in, um, Oh, what's his name? Is it Stuart that cheers everybody on with the gloves? I won't say what the gloves say, you know, but he had his big, yes, you know, <laughs> Stuart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he was out there. So, you know, that I, I'm trying to remember at what point he was out there, but you know, he kept most us going cheering. What yeah. was that? Most of the night. Yeah, he was there most of the night. Yeah. And then they took a little nap, but yeah, they were out there cheering us on. So yeah, you know, I think the first, you know, I think for me anyway, like the first six or so laps are pretty fun and entertaining. And then you do get to a point though, I think where you're starting to count them down, you know, like how many more hours till, till we get to see the sun again. But, but yeah, but it was, it was still a fun time. Smooth sailing. Yeah. Harvey, how about you? How was the, those first set of night loops for you? Well, it was still kind of a party, honestly. Like, cause we still yeah, party. Uh, we we did. We we finished, I think, the first hundred miles with like thirty-four runners, which is really impressive. I'm not sure if that's the most, but it's it's possibly one of the most uh, number of people that finish a uh, hundred miles in a backyard ultra. So that, that was pretty. It was still a pretty big party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So. And then we had, we had some other special entertainment along the course. Uh, there were like, uh, there was a kid who was maybe like eight to 10, 11 years old, who was blasting the Rocky music out yes. of the on the second floor. That was really That was nice. awesome. And then we had these little girls who were probably about maybe five and they were like quizzing people like, why are you running? <laughs> why are you running? <laughs> so they're along the course. So this is kind of like a rural Ohio area in Scioto County. Uh, but there are some homes that dot the, you know, two point whatever miles out and two point miles back. Uh, you know, that, that uh, so you see 
you know, some, some cars coming and going and, and different things. And you just kind of like start to identify like physical points that are reference points for like time or mileage. And you just start to familiarize yourself with the course. <laughs> you know, like that's, mm-hmm. you just kind of, you memorize every little light tree shadow as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's different with the Bigs backyard is there are only like maybe four four houses uh, on that course. So there's and it, it does happen to like overlap with Halloween. So they sometimes do have like this haunted like field, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre. But um, otherwise, it's it's not it, it's very quiet. It's not very populated. And so I mean, even when it got to like the you know, second night, and it was just Jennifer and I, like, we, we would still see, you know, some, you know, hints of civilization and people, which mm-hmm. um, when you're out in the bigs backyard, you, there's no one at the turnaround, you just go out, they have a timing device, and you come back. And the only one you see is the person you're running with. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, you know, so it's a, it, it was kind of nice to see the, you know, the, the people living in that format. Is different than urban life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We're going to give you guys a quick breather real quick and just remind everybody who is watching that this is live and please ask questions in the chat. We have a good section of uh, questions lining up and we'll get to those before the show is over tonight. Um, that being said, if you like what we're doing here, please give us a like and subscribe below. Um, we love doing this and we want to continue doing this. So the subscriptions help us a lot. Um, let's get into the next part, which is when the sun comes up, and y'all should be getting energy back, right? Going into party day two, is that how that works? Yep. Uh, Harvey, you want to start with that? Yeah, there's something magical about that sunrise. You know, like it, it always, uh, in my lifetime, always when you're running, you, you may go through like uh, some sort of like, you know, physical, you know, low or medium or whatever it is. But as soon as that sun rises, there's always some extra special kick that gives you an extra something even if it's like day two or three or beyond that you know it's like something special about that sunrise and uh yeah it's kind of the essence of ultra running you're pushing through you know barriers and you know periods and it's nice it's really nice when you make it to that next morning Jennifer, did you have any challenges or did you guys start to feel any challenges you know in that second daytime loop uh, in the first 12 hours there? No. So second daytime loop. No, um, there was still a pretty large number of people out there still running, which was awesome. And, you know, for years I've had some issues with the knee on and off, but it's, it's awesome. This is happened. this happened to me in November, like it hurts, but then it goes away and then it hurts and then it goes away. But I felt, I felt great. I had a good, you know, I felt physically, I felt great. I wasn't, you know, that sun comes up, it re-energizes you and yeah, it was a it was a great day, and got to talk to some. You know, there weren't as many people out on the course, but I had talked to a few people that you know I'd run with before or had met before. But I guess I probably spent a little more time by myself that second day. But but yeah, no, it was it was good. It was felt really good. 
I, I, so like a someone who's observed this, you know, from afar a couple of times, I just think it's hilarious that like, you know, you're 150 miles in, you know, no issues, you know, we're, we're just hanging out, just absolutely no problems at all. <laughs> I've been like a couple of people in the chat are probably just, you know, kind of uh, laughing at the fact of that as well. It's just so incredible to hear you guys talk about that and how smooth you even feel through the second day loop. I mean, there were eight runners that made it 150 miles this year at Ohio's back at Ultra, which was a ton of runners to obviously hit that mark. So go into the second night now. Were there any challenges there? Please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt great through until about like the third or fourth last, I guess the third last night loop. Um, Harvey and I were running different paces. He would go out real fast and I would kind of take my time and come back. And um, I don't know that I really slept like I intended to sleep, but then you know, my crew was there and they were great and we'd do whatever. And I had to make sure I ate because that, that was, that could be my demise, but you know, I had to make sure I was eating. So that was kind of my priority. But anyway, I guess the, when I got down to like the third last road loop, all of a sudden behind my right knee, there was a sharp pain and that did not make me happy. <laughs> and this was about the time that Harvey and I ran a couple loops together and I'm like, darn it. I can't stop and stretch now. Cause you know, I, I gotta be tough. I'm not, I'm not hurting. Don't show any pain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so something I pulled something behind there and it just kept getting worse. So that's when that was kind of my when I started to go downhill a little bit. And it was weird too, because it's not a pain I've ever had before. So, you know, I didn't I quite know what to expect. But so there you go. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't all like sunshine and rainbows out there <laughs> for you both, because that's kind of what it uh, seems to be. But I mean, Harvey, I'm sure you had some uh, challenges out there as well. When did those kind of start creeping in? If they if they did at all, I would. I felt sleepy like a little bit like the uh, second night, like the last few loops there in the nighttime. I felt a little bit sleepy, so it's like you get in this mode where you just kind of you're running, and then you just like, like kind of like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i felt sleepy yeah it's interesting like uh because i've had races where the backyard where the first night i felt real tired and then the second night i wasn't tired at all and uh, but yeah i felt a little sleepy on that uh those last few loops on that second night um but you know it's interesting that we had eight people that got to 150 and that's part of it too, is like watching like, okay, well, who's going to go out next? You know, like you just kind of like, you, you yeah. kind of, it's, it's, uh, I hate to say it, it's almost kind of entertaining. <laughs> like, the, you know, once you get to that part, you're like, see, okay, you know, what, what's going to happen next? And so, that helps to propel the whole group to a further level. If those people make it even further, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like, you look at some people, and they, you know, well, what does last say? It's easy till it's not or something like that, which is so true because you look at people, they look great. They look totally fine. Then all of a sudden they're gone and you think, what the heck happened? But I was, yeah, I was taking, I was interviewing other runners on the course. I was taking bets about how late, how long it was going to go. <laughs> we should have had you out there reporting for us. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, we do have some good comments from the chat room. Mr. Chadwick Robinson is in the chat this evening and says to just once everyone knows, says tell Harvey that this is the guy who, who he told running the first night was a, was like a massage and just reference to like, it was like running on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> so uh -oh. 
Don't give all the secrets away, Joe. <laughs> um, but that being said, you guys moving into the second, you know, full second day, 200 miles. Sleeping is going to be in a part at some point. Like you're going to have to somehow nap. Do you, do you train to learn how to nap in short bursts or you just kind of push through or because I mean, I eventually imagine to get to that 300 mile mark, that's going to be a requirement of some sort. You're going to have to have some sort of nap. Um, so is that something you guys trained for or try to plan for or what was your guys' plan of attack for sleeping? Jennifer, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, throw that one to Harvey. No. Uh, so in November, I think I actually did close my eyes a bit. This one, I kind of tried to, but I was right by the start finish line. So especially that first night when I was trying to kind of catch some rest coming faster, it was not happening for me because, you know, if there was still a ton of people out there and every time they came in, you know, there was cheering, which was awesome, but you know, that made it impossible. And then the second night, um, I think I did try to close my eyes a little bit, but just not really with much success. I think I was really more focused on just trying to make sure I was getting food in. Um, so I really, I don't know. I, I do pretty good without a lot of sleep. So I think just if anything else, just, you know, when you can come in a little faster, get off your feet and just try and, you know, chill out. Harvey, what about you? Yeah, you know, I, I think the the sleep is uh, overrated. <laughs> no, honestly, it's uh, it's it's doable um, without the sleep. Um, you know, you may just close your eyes and uh, attempt to sleep. Uh, but getting if you could get some sleep, it it would just be added bonus to like give you more energy. So. Uh, when I was racing like the Bigs backyard and I and I got to one set or two seventy seven with Courtney, like I didn't sleep at all. And really, that was probably like it was something we were so close to three hundred, but I did a couple things uh, wrong. Uh, so I I could have made it to three hundred. Courtney could have made it to three hundred, uh, and I could have done it without any sleep still. So I, it's possible, but once you get into that third night, you really uh, create more uh, mental challenge for if you cannot get any sleep yet. So training, yes. Like I, I laid down today for four, four or five minutes. <laughs> so I'm always like thinking about it. When I'm at school, I go lay down for five minutes. I do. Like I go back in the closet, I go lay down five minutes during the lunch shop. Like not every day, but um, if it's like a backyard and I'm not like thinking about another backyard for six months, so it's not really important, but it's one thing that I know is uh, if I'm going to go really, really far, like 300 plus, um, that I really need to, that's one of my weaknesses I need to work on. And uh, that's probably my biggest weakness is being able to just, Lay down right now and go sleep in five minutes. Like five minutes out. <laughs> it's awesome, usually man. I can fall asleep pretty well, uh, but it's it's uh, you know it's, it's a challenge. Like Jennifer's saying, is like when your your heart's going, you have to have total relaxation to rely on your team that they're gonna wake you up when it's like two whistles ago. Um, you know what if what if they they mess up the, with the whistle? Like you know, these are all the things that you kind of think about. Mm -hmm. You put all this effort into it. And it's sometimes hard to slow your mind down as your heart's going and you're trying to just rest, like fall asleep for a minute or two. Yeah, it's, it, it can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. 
It's awesome to hear that perspective. Um, speaking about challenges, I know uh, Cody uh, Cody Warren asked in the chat, says, what do you what do each of you think about strategies to push through in those low moments in the race? And what kind of mental games do you play to keep going? Um, especially when it's down to just two of you and it's just like, who's going to drop first? Uh, uh, Harvey, if you want to go first on that one. Sure. Well, uh, you know, there's some things that you can't control. Like, you know, um, you, 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 you want to go as, as far as humanly possible and you, you, you believe you'll be the last person. Um, but you know, anything can happen. Like, you know, I could have twisted my ankle, some unusual situation on a rock or something like that. It's nothing that you, you don't plan for that. You hopefully you, you, you make your steps well, but you could have something like that happen. Or like what Jennifer was saying, like the back of her knee, you know, some, some sort of thing that is not in your realm of like what you anticipated could happen. And then you just have to work through whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, definitely keep a positive mindset. Like I, I was very fortunate to have a really amazing team with Max as my crew chief. And then after half the field dropped, we were allowed to have more people. So I had another friend, Cody, who came uh, and relieved Max. Uh, Kelly, my, my partner, she came out and relieved uh, the team, Alec, uh, and another friend, Nick. So like having those positive people there. And I think I saw Jennifer, it seemed to have a very strong team as well. And like, mm -hmm. so having those strong team members there, like uh, it's, uh, it's, it's super powerful uh, because uh, you're kind of like in sync with them that um, the mindset is always positive. Yep, for sure. Yep. So it's funny. My first backyard, I asked Michael Owen, I said, do you really need a crew? And he's like, no, you, you know, you don't, you don't ha certainly have to have a crew. And I'm not used to having crew or pacers for any of the races I do. But then um, anyway, so I did have a crew. My husband crewed me the first one. And then he generously offered to crew me again. But then we've got, you know, the three kids. So Jeff Landrum and Claire, um, they were crewing Andrew uh, Wall, who was there for, he only went 50 miles because he had an injury, but he still wanted to be a part of it. So they said, Hey, if you're still going, we'll stay and crew you, which was absolutely amazing. You know, I don't, I don't even know them all that well, but they were willing to give up their weekend and help me out. And then uh, my daughter had come Saturday morning and stayed for a while. And then my husband, when they were, when Jeff and Claire were crewing me, he went back, he got my son from UC, showed up with him and my daughter again. And my middle son was in school and had stuff. He couldn't come, but just you like having, Sure, you don't have to have crew, but oh my gosh, what a difference it makes, you know, and having my kids there and my husband there and then Jeff and Claire were fantastic and, you know, they kind of would rotate out and um, it was just awesome. You know, they were, they were such a huge help helping me, you know, fixing me food and, you know, offering to change my shoes or whatever. I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> but, you know, it was just so wonderful to have that support and they were all so upbeat and positive and yeah, it was great. And my kids were cheering me on. So and, you know, I never, I don't really feel like I ever had a low. I mean, there's certainly there's times where you may not be having the time of your life, but you know, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, you just keep going and you, you know, the saying in ultras, it doesn't always get worse. Right. You know, like when you think it's really terrible, then an hour later you're on cloud nine, you know, it just, it doesn't, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, but I felt, I felt happy the whole time. I felt, you know, I was having a good time. 
So now we're at the point of the race where it's just the two of you both, you know, you're the final two left. Did you guys know, I mean, that it was going to go on as long as it did with just you two as the final two? What were those emotions like when you guys realized you were the final two? Was it like, oh, this thing could end in a couple of loops or did you know, ah, I'm going to be here for another day or so? Well, I'll start. So your prediction, Wes, I knew Harvey was not going to be fifth or sixth. <laughs> I had a, I think know, the world I, did I, too. Yeah, no, I, I was, in fact, I was telling you how I was interviewing people. Like I asked a few people, I'm like, how long do you think it's going to go? They're like, oh, it won't go to 200. I'm like, oh, it'll go to 200. I say with the people that are here, I said, I think it goes close to 300, you know, because there were some big names and I thought for sure it might get, you know, might get up that high. So it happened fast though. You know, there were eight of us and then all of a sudden, you know, it seemed like a blink of an eye. It was down to Harvey and I, and I looked at my crew and I said, darn it, you know, just me and Harvey, this isn't good. (laughs) So anyway, so I had no idea how long it was going to go. I had big dreams, you know, I wanted to push 300, you know, but I, I'm new to this. I had no idea what was actually going to be possible, but I just wanted to go as long as I could. So I figured we'd go for a while, but uh, you know, you never know, right? Anything can change in an instant. Did you guys have any interactions out there, like on the course, like at different moments, like when it was just the final two that you were more special than, you know, when there's 108 people in the field? Well, I would say about the last question, because this someone's a good question too, but uh, I I enjoyed uh, hearing uh, Jennifer's children go, go mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I like run across the the pond and and, enthusiasm was pretty cool. But that yeah, was it's really, really cool. Really interesting, like seeing uh, how you know, we were at, I guess, eight runners at 150. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, like, like Jennifer was saying, it was like super fast. It got down to just she and I. And so I think uh, when we had eight runners at 150, I was anticipating that more runners would make it longer with us. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, really uh, surprised to see, uh, I know some people, they had like injuries or, or things come up and I was surprised to see some, uh, some of the runners like leave when they did, like I thought mm-hmm. they would go longer. And so, uh, and then it was down to Jennifer and I, and then at that point, I, you know, I just think, I don't think anything about it. Like, honestly, I, it, it, it could go on for as long as that, whatever, you know, so I never think about that. I don't think like, Oh, it's only going to go for like two more laps. <laughs> like, I'm just like, we're just running. And, uh, you know, okay. Jennifer, I, you know, I was, uh, just to go on for as long as it could go on. I don't know how long that is. So, um, but when we are out on the course, uh, I think really the, the third day, the second and third day, we, we, we kind of like, uh, we're running at different paces. So we didn't really run, side by side but we did it you know a, a couple night uh night moves on that second night and i know at that time we were both i was sleepy tired and we weren't really chatting that much we just said mm-hmm. a couple things like oh hey you know how's how's your 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 husband's out here okay that's nice how's that going good good your kids came back from you know just like kind of chit-chatting but uh yeah i don't remember like too too much like um hey, what about you jeff maybe you have better better recollection <laughs> no i think we had 
discussed a little bit about like how long it was going to go. And I believe I told you that I thought it was going to go to 300 because <laughs> I was smoking crack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I, I think that's great. At the end of the race, you told me that you had it in your mind that, w- that you wanted to go to 300. And I thought that, that is awesome because that's the kind of mindset that it takes to actually go to 300 is mm-hmm. to actually begin the race. And like starting this race, I, I felt that like Jennifer was going to go over 200 miles because we had Gabe coming to the race and Jacob who had also, I, I had personally seen them run to 200 miles at Biggs backyard. And so I certainly thought that they, they were capable of doing it. And I also knew that they were going to be aiming for that like uh, coveted spot at the Biggs backyard. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought they would be motivated to go to th- the 200 if they, they were able to get through, you know, any other types of major obstacles, which, can come up and right. uh you know i didn't know you know what jennifer would do or tanner uh, they could both run really phenomenal runs um but yeah i think i kind of thought it would go maybe 200 to 250 miles possibly something like that but then again that was only before i started racing started the race could go to 300 could go wherever <laughs> and then once once i saw jennifer was really working and really impressed me with her uh her 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 perseverance and then that that's motivating too because it's really nice to see you know the other person really really pushing it and then you're like well well geez if she's gonna keep on going like this then maybe we'll just set a new record for her for the u.s and that would have been amazing and that's that would kind have been of, amazing that kind of thing <laughs> is uh possible and i think you know at, if, if there's a little more uh, backstory is like both uh, Jennifer and I have been assists in the past and I've had two assists and now you've had two assists. <laughs> so your turn to win next time when you do a backyard. Um, so this is my, there you first, go. my first win. I've done um, the three. Um, I, I jumped in another, uh, another bigs after I did the AT just to do a fun run. I did like 20 miles, but so uh, that, you know, that for me, I really want to, you know, be the final person finishing. And I think that I didn't really recognize um, Jennifer's um, level of perseverance until the daytime of the third loop, you know, like going into like, you know, two, 200, 210, you know, for me, like uh, I wasn't really you know, envisioning how far the race could go. And I think that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I could have been more collaborative um, with Jennifer instead of like being in my own race mindset, but maybe try to do be more collaborative so that we could push it further um, in the distance. So maybe that's, you know, something that I'll aim to do more if we, we, we go back and do the Ohio backyard again. What's so interesting to me is that, you know, there's other states, there's, I mean, even, you know, Tennessee's probably looking at Ohio and they're like, what is going on with Ohio? Why are there so many amazing backyard ultra runners in this state? And it just like blows me away. Just the results, you know, you look at other affiliate backyard ultras and they're not putting up these numbers. Why do you think, you know, Ohio is so dominant at the Ohio backyard ultra scene or at the the backyard ultra scene, excuse me. And uh, Jennifer, if you want to start with this one. Oh gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, there are some really strong runners in Ohio and yeah, it is. It, I did not realize the statistics that Ohio backyard, um, outperformed the others by that much. Like that was a, a new, that was new news to me. So 
Yeah, I, I, I wish I could answer that. <laughs> I don't know. Harvey, what are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing. Like the Ohio backyard, we, we had uh, uh, maybe eight runners that, that finished uh, 150, which was above many countries in terms of what they, they have had as their, their final person. Uh, so I, I think that one of the things is Ohio is, is, is uh, underrated in terms of ultra running. You know, you get a lot of, uh, of publicity of the, the West Coast um, mountain running. And then also the, you know, we're not that far from the Mecca being Big's backyard, like Laz's territory. Okay. Um, but uh, Ohio runners, we, we're, we, I feel like we, you know, we are kind of diversified. We, we tend to do a balance of like, there's a lot of road races and trail races. And a lot of times I think that people can get kind of uh, focused on one of those being trail running. If you live out maybe in the Rockies or you live out West, maybe you get more into trail running. Uh, maybe you've lived on, you know, uh, it, it's just, I feel like Ohio has a nice mix of like trail and road races. So that could be part of it too. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm glad to see our home state really uh, has a, 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 a huge uh, group of, of people pushing to run. But you know that Backyard Ultra is now in 50 plus countries and more than 10,000 runners competing. So wow. that's, that's phenomenal. And it's, it's great to see it growing so rapidly. It's the fastest growing specialization of ultra running worldwide. And so it's kind of neat to see that, that explosion. Yeah. We had some people today on Facebook commenting on our uh, post that they were going to tune in from Romania. And like, it was like, I love Romania. October for the 24 hour world championship. <laughs> there you go. So it's just awesome. Kind of, you know, seeing how this back at ultra foreman has become a global event and, you know, Laz has kind of pushed that a little bit the past couple of years. And it's just great to see that uh, continue to go there. Uh, I want to close out the race real quick. So Jennifer, let's walk through, you know, your final two laps, your final loop, and kind of let's talk about how the race kind of came to an end. So I would say, I don't remember exactly when it was after a couple of the day loops, I looked at my crew, which then was Jeff and Claire. And I said, I said, there's, there's two things that are going to prevent me from going forward. One was the, for whatever reason, sometimes when there's cold night air, I start wheezing and it, I was wheezing so bad going up the Hills. And I said, I need to like, I don't use an inhaler. I mean, I have for like bronchitis or something, but I said, I need an inhaler. if I can like, just, I need to break this up. And there was some guy who, I can't remember his name. He was a doctor and nobody had an inhaler, but he started like doing this, like on my chest, trying to like break up, you know, the stuff and which was great. It it unfortunately didn't do much for me. So there was that. And then the pain behind my knee. And I told him, I said, you know, I can probably go, you know, maybe another four yards, which I think is about what I did, but we tried icing the knee. Like those two things were just, I was starting to do a downward spiral. So I knew, (laughs) I knew my time was limited. I wanted to go as long as I could, but I knew between those two things that just, you know, it's getting slower. And, um, you know, I knew it was, I knew I was about done and I didn't want to be done, but I kind of knew. And then apparently I had the lean thing going, which the funny thing was, I didn't even know I was doing it, (laughs) but the big, and my husband's like, you're, you know, you're leaning. Why are you leaning? I'm like, I don't know. I'm tired. (laughs) So I didn't even know. And then after I realized it, I tried to kind of 
straighten it back out. And then I, when I'd come in, I was thinking, okay, I need to like stretch or something. And then I'd forget. So anyway, so the lean thing, not painful, didn't even know it, you know, it was the other two that just kind of took me out. And then, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, could I have kept going a little bit further? I'm like, nah, I think, you know, I was just done. And quite honestly, I'm paying for the, uh, the, the pain behind the knee thing <laughs> for a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's all good, but yeah, but you know, it was okay. I wasn't, you know, I was happy, you know, sure. I wanted to go longer, but I was happy with the day and I was happy with, you know, how things turned out. And I have to say, I was just floored by the people that came back to cheer us on. I mean, I just could not believe like all of the, the cheers and the support. It was overwhelming. And I was out there on that third day and it kind of felt so surreal. You know, it was a beautiful day running through the woods that I knew my time was about up, but just, I was so grateful and to, you know, to be able to have done what I was able to do and to have all those people out there cheering and my family and friends. And it was, it was, it was a great experience. That's awesome to hear. Harvey, what about you in the final couple of moments? Did you realize that, you know, this thing could end in the next loop or so, or did, were you kind of just kind of shocked when you, you were the only one that had to do one more loop? Well, uh, just a chat about that, you know, uh, the poker face thing, you, you do want to have that poker face. And Jennifer, I had no idea that you had any sort of issue with your knee at all, period. And I'm very sensitive to like awareness about people's strides and things like that. I didn't, I didn't notice that at all. So that was, but the side lean was like, oh, I was like feeling it for you. I was like, oh my God, that looks, it's amazing that when people have that, they aren't aware of it. And I mean, you went on for like eight hours like that. And then like you took the road was one thing, but then you went on the trail, which had like, you know, rocks and some roots and things like that. You had to like navigate around and go through. And I mean, it just like seemed like, Jeez, man, that seemed like very challenging to be running like that and keeping yourself moving like that. Uh, definitely. But um, honestly, I, I, I never count anyone out. Like, I mean, it's like you just cannot count anyone out. And like you potentially Jennifer could have like, you know, gone through, you know, she was in the mo- most difficult part of the, the day. Like, I mean, because it was really getting warm. It was really hot. In fact, I was a little concerned just because of like the, you know, when you get up in the hillside, there's like no coverage. It is really warm. And I'm used to running bad water and I felt really warm. So I'm like, I mentioned to my God, like you may want to have someone up there in case one of us passes out up there. Um, because it's, it, it was, it's really hot. Your body has a difficult time. Um, dealing with uh, adjusting your temperature once you've been into that further mileage, you get cold faster and you get hot quicker. So that that was, but I knew that Jennifer, I was I was uh, you know kind of like you know mentally aware of what her laps were, and I knew that she was coming in with like four minutes to go um, to the next lap. And when you get down to that situation where you start like getting less than five minutes ago, four minutes ago, then it's like you start losing like 20 seconds here. Then I know it's really difficult to like prep yourself, like get enough nutrition, enough hydration to go to the next lap. So I didn't know if she would be able to pull out of that. I mean, at that point I was like, I wasn't really, I was just like, well, you know, this thing might go really far. It might go even further. It's gone very far already. And so I really didn't predict anything, but I knew once that that, that was happening, it's, it's very difficult for the runner. It's like, it puts you in a very difficult situation. 
when you're in that, that, um, and then, uh, Jennifer just, you know, she said, Hey, you know, um, I'm, I've, I've given it a, a strong effort and, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm finished at this point. So good luck, you know? And then I'm like, well, I hope I don't trip on this last loop, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, and, and yeah, so it was just, uh, you know, running those, those daytime loops. Actually, I felt better on day, I mean, day three than I did on day one. Um, and it was kind of like Jennifer was saying, it was like a lot of euphoria of like having mm-hmm. those people there that were, it was so nice to have those people come out and cheer us. And it was like, not just like they're cheering me or cheering her, like cheering just the spirit of like mm-hmm. everyone that got us to that moment. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. And it's a very special event that Ohio Backyard Ultra, you know, when, when Michael and I were first talking, I was like, you know, um, as I saw the course and I was like, you know, maybe you want to like do a couple of things to make it like um, so that more runners will go even further. And he's like, well, you know, uh, I, I've always considered different locations, blah, blah, blah. No. And then, but this location is perfect. It's like, you don't want an easy location. It's, this is going to be the location. And I know Michael loves the location. I mean, it's, it means yeah. a lot. Uh, so the, the location is, is, is not why we made it so far. Um, it's a special location. It was because of the runners who came. Um, that, that's why we got that far. It wasn't because, because that location, to be honest with you, it, uh, Wesley is tough. <laughs> it, it's not like i hate uh, no offense to the belgian runners <laughs> like that you know if you're running on a flat surface like um it's a lot easier to get 300 plus than if you're running very steep hills you know on 450 feet of like climbing every hour like that's that ends up being about how much did we climb jennifer was it close to mount everest like it was about 20 20 feet over 55 hours. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot easier. I mean, it, like I told Chadwick, it is a bit of a massage getting the hills in there because <laughs> it does, you know, give your body a variation. Um, but it, it is, you know, that course it, it is, is special, but it was the people that came and Michael Owens organization that helped to fuel that fire to get the runners to where it is. And I don't even think that's even close next year. It, it, who knows how far it's going to go. But I don't know about those mm-hmm. predictions for next year now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am taking a year off. That's, that's I, was, I, was, I was banned by our team internally. We had a conference, you know, and they told me, listen, you got to take one year off. We're going we to have Cam Wrench do the predictions next year. So uh, Cam will do an excellent job. I'm confident in him. Yeah, I'm surprised Wes, he's not blaming the intern for the incorrect data he had. So, um, but we've got a we've got a few minutes left here with everybody, and we got a few tra- uh, chat questions we'd like to get through, as well as some quick questions that we always end the show with. Um, first, Tim Tim Crow says, "Never play poker with Russo ever." Um, it's a bad choice. Um, but looking at the other stuff, uh, we had a question at the beginning that was um, from Doug who says, um, what is the importance of cross-training, stretching, et cetera, into overall fitness? Um, Harvey, you want to go first? I would say it, it is, um, getting back to that earlier question about the time element. So you, know, you want to like um, try to get the low-lying fruit and maximize your time. So uh, cross-training is amazing. 
And uh, especially for ultra running, I would say like people totally underestimate the power of walking. Like it, it is 95% of ultra runners do not walk enough, period. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. So walking is really powerful and you can walk with your family. You can walk with like your, I, I make my coworkers sometimes do meetings where we walk <laughs> and it is powerful. Like, Hey, it's real powerful stuff. Uh, stretching is really important. I don't do enough stretching. I, my, my buddy Ian uh, Hughes, who does sports massage said I'm the second least like flexible person he's ever worked on in his life. So I, I should do more stretching, but uh it, any type of like cross training is really powerful. Like if you can, uh, personally, I do some very simple things like uh, push-ups. Uh, I do planks and sometimes pull-ups. Um, I'm pretty regimented on push-ups and planks. And I also do like some other um, bizarre stuff after I did the Appalachian Trail and I came off of that. And including like when I, I balance on one leg, each, each leg every day while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> and flossing so I, I do a lot of things like that uh where i'm multitasking so mm -hmm. my partner she could come in and say harvey what are you doing crazy <laughs> stuff um but yeah i have like regimens like that that i do is just part of my routine and like incorporating it my my classroom my students they oftentimes do things like that we'll do like wall squats and um planks and things like that like in between classes and that's kind of nice too but yeah, any type of cross training will make you more resilient to prevent injury for sure. Awesome. Jennifer, what about you? What do you think on those topics? Definitely. In fact, when I first started running, I haven't been running all that long, but you know, it was just running, right? But then I got into some weightlifting and I think it's so important to incorporate some of that in what you do, you know? Um, so I've always done some of that. And then last summer in particular, I started several, like just more of a program where several days a week, you know, I had a great program from a PT and um, that involved just a lot of like Harvey said, single leg balance type stuff, um, leg specific stuff, core specific stuff. Cause I think, especially when you get into these long races, like, you know, where you're going for so long, it's so you have to be strong head to toe, you know, not just your legs, your core, especially, you know, you just, you need to be all over strong, I think in order to, to survive longer, I think. If I had more time, I would do yoga more frequently as well. <laughs> I mean, yes. I was, I mean I, I've been totally <laughs> neglecting yoga this year. Uh, you know, we're not really doing the classes because of COVID in Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. I used to like to do that like three times a month, you know, maybe going like once a week. Mm -hmm. uh, that was amazing. And I miss that so much. That, that, that really added a lot. But uh, yeah, whatever you can include, it, it would be very nice for your overall like fitness. Mm -hmm. Yoga is an interesting one. Random thing. Last time I was in Seattle with my friends, we went to a, a yoga class and I sweated so much doing yoga that I, my fingers were pruny. I have never sweat that much in my life. <laughs> Don't know why, but I was like, man, I was like, I gotta give this another thought because it's some of that core stuff you have to do for it. It's like just my body's shaking. And it's so like, it's, it's <laughs> definitely something to do if you want to, it's, a, I think it's a good cross training. I would definitely agree with mm -hmm. that. You guys sure, think yeah. the blinds are down because I uh, for the show tonight, you know, to block the light in. But no, it's because I was doing yoga earlier last night. So you can't have, you know, people seeing me trying to do, you know, beginner yoga pose. I'm still learning out here. So uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good journey so far. John, I think we've got one more chat question. We got another one from Steven. It says, I think I know the answer to this one. I'm about to hit 40. Am I too old to start training for ultras? 
No. <laughs> what do you think, Harvey? No. No way, man. That's what I love about our sport is that you can be starting, you know, in our race. For example, we had Barry, who was uh, in his 60s, who came from Dayton, Ohio. And we had a young Barney. man who was like, or Barney, I'm sorry, and another yep. guy who was uh, 17. So, uh, you know, it's one of my good friends, Ed Rousseau. He's now 84, and I've known him for 25 years. He's still running uh, the 24-hour race, and he got started when he was in his 40s. So, absolutely not. And uh, Jeff, I mean, showing that you know you you probably haven't even hit your peak yet, and you're at 55 years young. So, I mean, that's bam. You know, how do you feel I about that? <laughs> I started running ultras when I turned 50. I did 50 for my 50th, and prior to that, I hadn't really run all that long. So, definitely not too old. You in your you're in your prime. Love it. You know, uh, Marco Omo uh, is a friend of mine who's an Italian runner, and he actually won the UTMB at age 58. Uh, That's awesome. So, yeah, he eats all plant-based foods, which I really speak highly of for, like, your longevity. Like, I've been, you know, uh, he, but it's amazing. At age 67, he was the 16th finisher of 1300 in the Marathon de Sables. Wow. I mean, at age 67. So that's kind of an amazing thing that it, it's, you know, Jennifer and I, we could be racing together in like another two decades from now. She'd be like, oh, Harvey, I remember we going back in the day now, you know? So <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I'm tired of having you guys on this scene. You guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of it. <laughs> we could only hope. <laughs> right. Oh, it's no hope. It's going to be. <laughs> Last last comment from the chat before we jump into the two quick quick questions before we close out. From Mike Rowe, it says, let's all let's have all of Ridge Runner Nation flood Laz's Facebook with posts about why Jennifer needs to be in Bigs this year. <laughs> um, we already had some comments from Michael and they were going back and forth about it. And we all agree because right here, I'm gonna say it right now, we are looking at one of the two winners of Bigs Backyard Ultra this year. So we don't know who's going to be, but oh. I imagine Jennifer's going to get in and it's going to be between Harvey and Jen at the end. We're going to see it. Oh man. We're going to oh, see it. I'm geez. calling it right now. That's my prediction, uh, Wesley. Uh, I think there's no doubt about it. that She'll have a really you know, strong opportunity to be in the race and uh, she'll do very well. And I imagine, you know, going down there, I could see it's kind of like uh, the strategy sort of like change a little bit. So you know, Jennifer and I will have like that, that camaraderie and I can see, you know, you, you kind of like work with the person and, and really try to pull each other further, you know? So that's kind of a neat aspect because we want Ohio to finish no matter who it is. We would like Ohio to finish uh, as the final person in base. Awesome. And so one quick question that you guys get to answer real quick because you've been on the show before, but but we always let the people who are back on answer this one again. And what song <laughs> would you add to our playlist? Those of you who don't know, we have a Spotify playlist. Um, it's amazing collection of songs from everyone who's been on the show. If if running had walk-up songs like baseball, what would yours be? And Jennifer, if you want to go first. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm not going to come up with anything great. How about Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> not on there. That's edition. a good one. This is a new edition. You know, like, so funny is that's exactly what I was going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's serendipity right there. 
That's impressive. <laughs> I actually would say that very same thing. It was on my playlist. Uh, yeah, I love soundtracks. So, yeah, I mean, you got to have that eye of the tiger and be hungry. <laughs> we got eye of the tiger twice. It's going to be on the playlist twice now. Isn't that going to happen? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, before we close, do any of you have uh, sponsors you'd like to plug or some final thank yous to anybody? I just like to thank Michael Owen and Brian Reese for a wonderful, a wonderful race and for sharing their beautiful property with us and to my awesome family and crew that were there to help me. Couldn't have done, couldn't have done nearly as much without them. And to all the other great runners that were out there and thanks micro. Thanks for your vote of support. <laughs> How are you Arby? Yeah. Also to Reese, you know, for the, the usage of his uh, homestead, he had such great enthusiasm. I mean, the guy was fantastic. At the end, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, it'd be nice to maybe jump in the lake. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go, man. So, uh, you know, and then uh, Michael, and he definitely put a tremendous amount of passion into this. And, and is, this is a, a real tradition now uh, going forth. It's going to draw even more uh, competition next year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to every runner who went out there and did their best, that was amazing. Our crews uh, and the people that came out and just, you know, helped volunteering, uh, sharing that love, that was amazing. Uh, sponsors, I don't normally plug my sponsors that much, <laughs> but uh, I will say these Newtons are amazing. And I actually wore these Newton, uh, there are, these are Newton Gravity, 10. Um, and I wore these on the trail as well as the road. So I started off the first six or seven hours with my trail Newtons, uh, cause it was very muddy. Uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer can attest to that. In fact, they had to do a couple little like modifications, like on one little section where they had to kind of resurface the, the tread there. Um, but the, the road shoes, I wore these on the trail and the road. And Newtons are, are not so well known. I think fewer than probably 1% of ultra runners wear Newtons. Um, but they're a small company based in Boulder. Uh, they have like the lugs uh, so that you land midsole and go off. Um, very supportive. The shoes are made of recycled bottles. And they are totally biodegradable. Phenomenal shoes. You can get 20% discount if you just use Lewis 20. So I... It, it's it, if you look at my form from the very start of the race to the very end of the race, it doesn't change. And the, the shoes really, really help the form. Um, they just don't have the, the, the big dollars that some of the other major names in, in our sport have. So they're not as well known, but they're a hidden gem. So if you want to give them a shot. Uh, I know it, it, you, you will not be disappointed. Really amazing shoes. And I recommend the, the gravity or the distance. Like the distance are like for a little bit shorter distance. I usually wear those for like half, half marathon races or shorter. Um, but uh, they're amazing. Yeah. So, awesome. so thank you guys for, for having us. Uh, it's been fun. And Jennifer, you put such great energy into your sportsmanship. Uh, you, you were a fighter. Like uh, you, you ran strategically smart and you never let up. So that's, that's just outstanding. And uh, you know, I have real respect for your, your efforts in that race. And, and uh, I, I look to, to see you doing really amazing things for years to come. So keep it up. Well, thank you, Harvey. It was a pleasure.
Yeah. Thank both of you for being on the show this evening. It was awesome. We loved hearing all about the uh, dominance of Ohio runners in the Ohio's in the backyard <laughs> ultra style format. Um, like I said, I called it earlier. One eight two are going to win Vegas in the fall. So if you want to support Jen, go ahead and, and scream at Laz about her getting in. And if you want to support Harvey, go ahead and get that Lewis 20. Go check out some Newton shoes. So we'll see you all uh, next week on the next uh, Fridge Runners Live. It's been a blast. All right. All right, all right guys. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye, guys. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners Live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation. Oh, 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 oh,